It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast brought to you by our friends at BuiltBar.com, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off your first order. Part four of our 2015 look back is here. Hope you guys have been enjoying the kind of look back and uh, thinking back to the good old days. Not just of, you know, winning football games, but just the days of not wearing a mask and before all all this came out. But uh, it's been a fun, it's been fun to look back at this season and just kind of run through some of these games. It's been a lot of fun. And thir- uh, today... We've reached the end of the regular season. We're going to look back at the final four games of the regular season as the Panthers, of course, were making that push, not just to secure the number one pick, or, or yeah, the number one pick, <laughs> the number one uh, seed in the NFC playoffs, but of course, making a push to, could they actually get to 16 and oh, become just the second team ever to pull off such a feat, joining, of course, the 2007 New England Patriots but before we get into that uh, before we get into this final stretch of the regular season games uh, there was a bit of a study that I wanted to touch on real quick uh, from Forbes in that um, you know because of course there's there's the possibility the I would say the strong possibility I still believe they're gonna start the season doing this and that's um, not having fans in the stadium and Forbes looked at the numbers. They're basing it off 2018 uh, team stadium revenue and team revenue. And so they were using that to kind of base how much a team could actually lose this season. If if say all the games are played without the fans and you know, as a whole, the league could possibly lose five and a half billion dollars of stadium revenue uh, based on this study. That's, between all the ticket sales, the concessions, sponsors, parking, team stores, all that stuff. And that would count for almost 48% of their total revenue, again, based on numbers from the 2018 season. The Carolina Panthers, um, you know, they did come in 19th on this list if we're ranking it by, uh, you know, revenue. They could stand to lose about $143 million dollars in team stadium revenue and just in total revenue about 424 million dollars if uh if the game if this season is played without fans now we're hopeful that 
at some point this season, fans are going to be allowed in the stadium. I, I think we can probably throw out, I would say it's less than 25%, just to throw an arbit, arbitrary number out there, but I would say it's a pretty low chance that any game, even if it's week 17, is going to have full capacity. I, I think if you're going to, and I think we're probably a lot of us are in agreement here. If you're going to have fans in the stadium this year, it's going to be like half capacity. You know, you're going to allow so many people in so that you can, you know, follow social distancing guidelines, keep everybody six feet apart. So, you know, unfortunately, I think it's kind of a pipe dream at this point that you're going to have the roaring crowd of 60, 70,000 people at stadiums this year. Uh, I mean, look, you're like, like I talked about yesterday, all these stadiums or all these uh, concert tours are being canceled. We saw more come out yesterday. You know, Tim McGraw canceled his tour. Jason Aldean postponed his tour. So there's just so much, there's just too much uncertainty, uh, especially to think of what's going to happen with, with all these football games, you know, even in uh, college, you know, the question is, what are all these schools going to do now? They said the NCAA did say that uh, June first could be a target date for some students to come back, so maybe that's a good sign. Um, you know, we're hopeful we'll get at least training camp for these NFL teams. You know, so these these games I think are are going to be played. They're going they're probably going to figure out a way to actually play these games. But like I said, I just don't think at most you're going to have limited number. I know the Miami Dolphins have already come out. And does uh, presented some kind of plan for uh, allowing fans in the stadium, but they're going to cap it at like I think fifteen thousand to be able to spread everybody out. So that's probably what we're looking at for the entire. You know, I don't think we're going to be back to a normal NFL season now until twenty twenty one, which of course could possibly be the first season with seventeen games on the regular season because of the new CBA. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's uh, that's the way the cookie crumbles, I guess. So we'll just have to hang on tight, and for the most part, we'll just have to enjoy the games uh, from the comfort of our own home, I guess. But that was the study that Forbes did. Again, they, the Pan- so the Panthers could stand to lose a little over 140, so say between 140, 150 million dollars, and uh, around $425 million in uh, total revenue if the entire 2020 season is played without fans. And again, that's why the NFL also decided to vote to increase the debt, the total debt that uh, teams are able to hold. It had been $350 million. Now it's, uh, I think this is just temporarily, if I remember correctly, but... They voted to move it from $350 million to $500 million to kind of help offset a lot of these losses that uh, that these teams are inevitably going to endure with uh, with the loss of the loss of all this stadium revenue. So hopefully we can bounce back soon. But um, until then, you know, again, we'll uh, we'll just hang tight in there. But now, before we do get into uh, the kind of final part of the regular season, look back at 2015. Of course, we have our friends over at BuiltBar.com. 
that we want to thank for their continued sponsorship. Built Bar, of course, is the protein bar that tastes just like a protein bar. And, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm not kidding when I say that. These are, are very good. They're tasty. They're chewy. You know, so you don't have to worry about uh, that, you know, having a tough time eating these or a uh, tough time swallowing because of the taste or whatever. Worrying about, like, a bad aftertaste because these are actually very good tasting bars. You know, I've had the the peanut butter brownie. I've had the, the raspberry cream. There's also... Uh, toffee almond, you know, so if you like the, the chocolate and nut flavors or the chocolate and non-nut flavors, they have all those covered for you. So, so many different flavors, and all of them are high in protein, uh, low in calories, low in sugar, and high in fiber. So, you get the you get the greatness of eating a candy bar and a protein bar, but you don't have to feel guilty about it. So, Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And again, just don't don't take my word for it. If you want to try it for yourself, all you got to do is just go to builtbar.com because we got a good offer for you. Ten dollars off your first order at Built Bar when you use our promo code Locked On. So again, just go to builtbar.com. That's B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you get ten dollars off your first order with them. And we want to thank them again for uh, the continued sponsorship this month uh, with the podcast network. And hopefully we can uh, continue to work with Bill Bar because they've been a great support for us so far. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So let's wrap up the regular season, shall we, of the um, the 2015 look back. And of course we've gotten to the point now where the Panthers have already wrapped up the NFC South title. Now of course it's just a matter of finishing off and getting the number one seed with these final four games of the regular season. And at this point, really the only team that the Panthers were battling for that number one seed were the Arizona Cardinals. Heading into week 14, the Cardinals were rolling themselves. They only had uh, the two losses, so they were sitting at 10-2. and two. So Panthers did have a two-game lead at this point on the Cardinals because the only teams they had lost to at this point were the Rams and the Steelers. So they were rolling just as strong as the Panthers were. But the Panthers... You know, two games up, and of course we're controlling in the uh, the conference because they didn't meet, of course, in the regular season. But the Panthers were still in good position to claim that number one seed, and that stretch started with their first meeting. Of course, again, it took them a while to finally meet up with the Atlanta Falcons, uh, but they finally had what, of course, was the rematch, essentially the the rematch of the division divisional title game. Uh, last season, where the Panthers and Falcons, of course, met in Week 17, 
to cl- to decide the NFC style title. We all remember how that one went. The Panthers left no doubt that they were the kings of the division that year. I mean, again, yes, it was with the losing record, but as we remember, uh, they've finished that season on a high note, winning four straight. Because remember, that team was left for dead at three, eight, and one. But rallied back, won four straight, beat up on the Falcons week 17, and claimed the division at 7, 8, and 1. So we finally got to the point now where these two teams met up again. And just like the previous meeting, there was no doubt. This game was all Carolina. I mean, they jumped out to a 21-0 lead in the first quarter. It was starting with a one-yard rush for Jonathan Stewart, and then a pair of touchdowns for Ted Ginn, one from 74 yards and one from 46 yards. So he was already over 100 yards receiving and two touchdowns in the first quarter. And then they added a four-yard touchdown pass to Ed Dixon uh, just before halftime. So at the break, it was 28-0. And then the defense just continued to dominate the Falcons as... If you remember this game, if you're getting those flashbacks, you know that Atlanta never found any points. They were shut out in this one. Uh, Graham Gano kicked a field goal in the third quarter, and then Fozzie Whitaker also got in on the scoring fray with a 16-yard rush. And then that wound up being it because the Panthers were able to kind of take their foot off the gas. They already had this game won. Panthers won it 38 to nothing. That moved them to 13-0 and on the regular season. And the Falcons moved to 6-7 and now. As again, they were really, really starting to flail. Remember, this was a Falcons team that started 5-0 and on this young season. They, they had beaten the Eagles, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Texans, and the Redskins to roll off to a strong start. You know, they did lose to the Saints the next week, but bounced back to beat the Titans. So they were 6-1 and one at one point. This loss to the Panthers was their sixth straight. They went from 6-1 and one to 6-7 and seven after this beatdown by, Fal- by the Panthers. As, you know, they were reeling. But the Panthers just continued to roll. Uh, the numbers from this game, Cam Newton was 15 of 21, 265 yards, Three touchdowns, and even Derek Anderson got in on the mix because, of course, the Panthers had were blowing out the Falcons, so they were able to pull some of their guys. So even Derek Anderson got in a couple throws. He was four of six for 36 yards. Uh, Rushing-wise, Jonathan Stewart, 10 carries, 75 yards on the touchdown. Fozzie Whitaker, 8 carries, 34 yards on the touchdown. And then Ted Ginn, actually those two touchdowns, those two touchdown passes wound up being the only catches he had in the game. But again, they were big numbers. They totaled 120 yards and two touchdowns. So a good fantasy day, even just on two catches. And then it was 59 yards for Philly Brown on three catches and 52 yards on three catches for Greg Olson. Uh, the Panthers held Matt Ryan to just 224 yards on 22 of 34 passing, one interception, and they sacked him three times, and then even Sean Renfrey got in, and he was sacked twice as he was just three of seven for 11 yards. Kirk Coleman and Luke Keekley each came away with an interception. Kwan Short had a pair of sacks in this one, 
AJ Klein and Kyle Love each had a sack, and then Thomas Davis and Mario Addison both had half a sack. So it was 13 and 0 for the Panthers, and then the Cardinals were keeping pace. Uh, they beat the Vikings 23 to 20, and remember the Vikings had a good year that that year as well. Actually ended up as the number three seed, but that win uh, was huge for the Cardinals. That pretty much locked up a uh, a first round bye. You know, because at that point now, the the Vikings coming out of Week 14, that was their fifth loss. So the, uh, the Panthers at this point now have clinched a uh, a first round bye, and again now it's just a matter of beating out the Cardinals, finishing them off for the number one seed, because the the Cardinals were on their way to Philadelphia for a Week 15 game. And if you, you guys remember, excuse me, if you guys remember when or what happened in week 15, that of course was the big game for them. The highlight game, the one a lot of people were looking forward to specifically for the one particular matchup. And that of course was Josh Norman against Odell Beckham Jr. As it was the Panthers on the road at MetLife Stadium against the Giants. The Giants, you know, weren't as strong. They, they were kind of having a rough year as well. They were coming in at 6-7 and seven in this one, but as we know, Odell Beckham was still the star. Everyone was looking forward to that battle. Uh, Josh Norman and Odell Beckham, and we know how heated it got, uh, to say the least. We know it was a, a very interesting battle uh, between the two of them. Uh, but in the end... Odell Beckham ended up with six catches for 76 yards and one touchdown. As this was another high-scoring affair. It was a good battle, even though the Panthers, you know, the Giants made it very interesting. Remember, the the Panthers were up 35-7 to at one point in this game. They started the scoring with a three-yard pass, three-yard touchdown pass to Ted Ginn. Then the Giants tied it up, 27 yards to Reuben Randall. But then the Panthers rolled, 20, scored 28 unanswered points. Touchdown passes from Greg Olson, Devin Funches, Corey Brown, and the second one to Ted Ginn. So in the middle of the third quarter, the Panthers are up 35-7, to and they looked like they were cruising to 14-0. Not so fast. It ain't over till it's over, says Yogi Bear. The Giants made a comeback of their own, scoring a scoring twenty-eight unanswered themselves. It was a an eight-yard touchdown reception for Will Ty. Then to start the fourth quarter, Rashad Jennings from thirty-eight yards out that made it thirty-five twenty-one. Then they pulled within seven after Eli Manning hit Shane Vereen for an eight-yard touchdown. And then all of a sudden, Eli Manning finally sees Odell Beckham with just under two minutes left, and that tied the game at 35. But it left the Panthers with a little bit of time left to make one final drive. And after it was tied at 35, the Panthers took over first and 10 at their own 26-yard line. Started with a nine-yard pass to Fozzie Whitaker. 
Then it's second and one from the 35. Cam just took it himself up the middle for two yards. So that brought up another first down. And then they hit, then Cam hit Greg Olson for 16 yards. So another first down. Then the Panthers took their second timeout of the drive. So we've got 57 seconds left. The Panthers are sitting at the Giants' 47-yard line. Cam Newton hits his fourth straight pass of this drive, hitting Ted Ginn for 12 yards. So now the Giant or now the Panthers are at the 35-yard line and are in field goal range. Uh, they so the first down. So 36 seconds left. First and 10 from the 35. Incomplete to Ted Ginn. So that brought up second and 10. 32 seconds left. Cam just took it himself for 10 yards. So now they're really in position. They're at the 25-yard line. Uh, Cam Newton spikes the ball. And then the Giants take their timeout. So here comes Graham Gano, 43 yards out. And first off, there was a penalty on the Giants. Illegal formation. But it did not matter because the kick was up and good. The Panthers win it 38-35 to go to 14-0. And that clinched, I believe that wrapped up the number one seed. Uh, the Cardinals did win that week 40-17. to But the Panthers were pretty much already closing in now. You know, again, they did have uh, they didn't only have one conference loss, so the Panthers uh, were still were still a little bit, um, you know, a little bit battling there for the uh, the number one seed. But I mean, at at fourteen and zero, uh, the Cardinals still would have obviously had to make a uh, a big run in this one with the, with the two losses. You know, two up with two to play. So the Panthers had just about wrapped up. The number one seed in the NFC, uh, but they were 14 and 0 after beating the Giants 38 to 35. So just two games left. Could the Panthers do it? Could they get to 16 and 0? Well, their next game, of course, was the second game in three weeks against the Atlanta Falcons, and started off. Pretty good for the Panthers. They drew first blood midway through the first quarter. Cam Newton took it himself. Eight yards. Oh, by the way, the just real quick, I'll run through the numbers for the Giants game. So Cam Newton was 25 of 45 for 340 yards, five touchdown passes, and he also added 100 yards rushing on eight carries. So 440 total yards and five touchdowns. Uh, remember, there was... And this was done without Jonathan Stewart. Uh, it was actually Cameron Artis Payne, the uh, now ex former XFL star, who actually led the way rushing, well, outside of Cam Newton, obviously, with uh, with 59 runs, or 59 rushing yards on 14 carries. And then receiving-wise, it was once again Ted Ginn at the top with, 85 yards on six catches and two touchdowns. So again, he had two of the five touchdown throws from Cam Newton. Greg Olson had one with uh, six catches, 79 yards. Corey Brown, three catches, 51 yards and a touchdown. And then Devin Funches, two catches, 30 yards 
and a touchdown. Eli Manning was 29 of 46, 245 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. And Rashad Jennings, 16 carries, 107 yards, one touchdown. And then, of course, Odell did lead the way uh, receiving six catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. But Josh Norman got the last laugh, of course, because of the Panthers getting to 14 and 0. The Giants at this point were 6 and 8. So we moved to week 16 against the Falcons, the spot of course where the Panthers won the division crown in 2014. And again, they jumped off to the early lead, got the first touchdown, 8-yard rushing touchdown from Cam Newton. So that put them up 7 to nothing. But then Atlanta to kick off uh, first play of the second quarter. Four-yard touchdown from Devontae Freeman. So that tied the game at seven, and that wound up being the score going into the halftime. So good defensive battle, 7-7. About five and a half to play in the third quarter. Graham Gano comes out, kicks a 33-yard field goal. That makes it 10-7 Carolina. And then with two minutes left, Julio Jones, 70 yards from Matt Ryan. We know, of course, Julio Jones has been uh, the Panthers' killer over the years. Uh, but in this case, he did it again. 70-yard touchdown reception. That put the Panth- or that put the Falcons up 14-0. And then, going into the fourth quarter, still down by four. Uh, the Panthers did get a field goal from 47 yards out with about eight minutes left. That made it 14-13. And so... You know, this was the really the first time that the Panthers were on the ropes late in the game here. Atlanta then t- took over and had themselves a nice long drive. Killed about six minutes off the clock. Ended with a 37-yard Shane Graham field goal. So now the, Fal- now the Falcons are up 17-13. And then Cam Newton and the Panthers take over. With about two minutes left, uh, did complete two passes to start the drive, but then three straight incompletions meant that the Panthers now had to punt the ball away. Or I'm sorry, no, they uh, they actually turned the ball over on downs. Excuse me. Uh, three straight incompletions on second, third, and fourth down. Turned the ball over on downs, giving Atlanta the ball at the Carolina 37. Uh, they did only ultimately gain one yard. On that drive, but this was really about just trying to uh, burn the Panthers' timeouts, which they did. Uh, and Shane Graham came out with a 54-yard field goal. So with 1:35 left and no timeouts left, Carolina is now down uh, 20 to 13, and those dreams of 16 and 0 are starting quickly starting. To disappear, they had one final shot at it, uh, so they take over first and ten at their twenty, minute thirty to go. Cam Newton hits Philly Brown for nineteen yards, so they're still alive. One oh eight left, first and ten, and then it all comes to an end. Cam was sacked by Vic Beasley. He fumbled, and Adrian Claiborne recovered the fumble, and that put an end to the undefeated dream. Atlanta 20, Carolina 13. The Panthers finally suffered defeat for the first time this season. 
going 14 or now falling to 14 and 1. The Falcons at least were able to salvage at least the 500 season after that six game losing streak as they made it to 8 and 7. Uh, Arizona, of course, did beat Green Bay that week 38 to 3. So the Panthers were one game up with one game to play. Again, they were still very much in control for the number one seed. But it did mean, because again, they hadn't completely clinched it yet. They were on the verge. But it did mean that even at 14-1, and one, Week 17 was meaningful for the Carolina Panthers. They still had to win in Week 17 or hope the Cardinals lost to clinch the number one seed. And that Week 17 game came, of course, against Tampa Bay, and Carolina left no doubt. They wanted that number one seed, and they made sure of it very quickly. Tampa Bay did get off, uh, did score the first points of the game with a 39-yard field goal from Connor Barth, uh, going up 3-0. But then Carolina, like I said, left no doubt. They scored 24 points in the second quarter, including one-yard touchdown run from Cam Newton, an 11-yard touchdown run from Cameron Artis Payne, and a 31-yard touchdown reception for, or for Jericho Cotchery. So the Panthers were up 24-3 at the break. Both teams scored a touchdown in the third quarter. Cam Newton rushed for a one-yard touchdown and Jameis Winston from four yards out. So it was both quarterbacks rushing for a touchdown. So going into the fourth quarter, it's 31-10. And then midway through the fourth quarter, the Panthers put the exclamation mark on the regular season. A 16-yard touchdown pass to Devin Funchess. Panthers win it. 38 to 10 as Cam Newton wound up 21 of 26, 293 yards, two touchdowns, was sacked four times, uh, but did add two rushing touchdowns. Mike Tolbert, 59 yards rushing, 10 on 10 carries, and 44 yards rushing, and a touchdown for Cameron Artis Payne. Devin Funchess led the way with seven catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown. Jameis Winston was 29-47, 325 yards, picked off twice, and sacked twice. As Robert McLean and Thomas Davis each came away with a sack, and Mario Addison and Kyle Love each came away with a uh, with a sack. Uh, Ari- and by the way, for, for the record, Arizona did lose in uh, Week 17, but remember, you know, keep in mind, too, this was a... Uh, you know they they might have pulled their start, but they I mean they they did get blown out. They lost to Seattle thirty six to six. But again, Arizona had already clinched a first round bye, and Carolina was beating up on Tampa Bay, and so um, Carolina wrapped up the number one seed with that win. So the Panthers finished the regular season at fifteen and one. Arizona was 13-3. and three. So, going into the playoffs now. As the regular season is now in the books, the playoffs will get into tomorrow. But the playoff seedings, of course, were... The Panthers were 15-1, and, and of course, the number one seed. The Cardinals were the number two seed, 
at 13-3. and three. The Vikings had won the NFC North and were the number three seed at 11-5. and five. And the Washington Redskins won the NFC East at 9-7. and seven. Yes, it was another year that the, uh, the NFC East was a pretty bad division. The Redskins were 9-7. and seven. The Eagles were 7-9. and nine. And, of course, what was Chip Kelly's final year? The Giants finished 6-10. and 10, And the Cowboys were 4-12. and 12. So the Redskins were the number four seed at nine and seven, and then the two wild cards were both ten and six. That was the Packers, the number five seed, and the Seahawks as the number six seed. The, the rest of the division standings, of course, the Falcons finished eight and eight, the Saints finished at seven and nine, and the Buccaneers finished at six and ten. So that was the NFC playoff standings. AFC. Remember, this was when Denver won in Week 17 and New England lost in Week 17 to the Dolphins, which moved Denver up to the number one seed. Hey, the Dolphins costing the Patriots playoff seedings. We just saw that recently too, didn't we? Denver finished with the number one seed at 12-4 and and New England, also at 12-4. and Denver, of course, had the head-to-head giving them the number one seed. Uh, and then the Bengals were also 12-4, and winning the AFC North. And then the Texans won the AFC South at 9-7. and And then two wild cards were the 11-5 Chiefs and the 10-6 and Steelers. The Jets had just missed out also at 10-6. and If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So we finally made it to the playoffs. The Panthers are the number one seed. The Cardinals are the two seed. It's the Vikings hosting the Seahawks. And the Packers heading to Washington on the NFC side. Bengals home against the Steelers, and the Texans against the Chiefs. And that's where we will kick off tomorrow's look back as we wrap up this uh, look back week as we run through the 2015 NFL playoffs. So until then, thank you guys for tuning in and appreciate the support as always. Hope you guys have a great rest of your Thursday. We will see you Friday to wrap up the week. Until then, Billy Rossetti signing off. Take care, everybody. We will see you soon. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.